Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Well, hey guys, welcome back. I cannot believe this is the last episode of this season. I don't know where the time is going, but I'm going to take a break for the summer. You're going to get to see some fun things here on the Make Life Matter podcast. I will re-air some of my favorite episodes, some of your favorite episodes. And I'm also going to bring to you some of the prayers that people close these episodes with. And I thought what a blessing it would be to just be able to have an entire episode that is just listening to people pray their blessing over us. So that's what you can expect this summer. I hope you have an amazing summer. But I just want to bring to you one of my friends today in this last episode. Last but certainly not least, I met her Oh, goodness, a few months ago, and uh, God has just connected us to become friends. And so she has written a resource that you are going to want and you can take with you this summer or if you're listening now this fall, anytime you get this in your hands, it's going to bless you. Her brand new resource is called Still Becoming. But I want to just introduce you to her. If you're tired of the dieting roller coaster, which I have been on several times in my life, or after just years of losing weight and struggling with it, if, if you're on that path that I have been on in my life, you're going to want to lean in for this conversation. My guest today is Laura Acuna. And after years of losing weight and gaining it all back, having that empty promises made by the dying, dieting industry, they left her frustrated. And I know that I have been there myself. And she understands those feelings. She has lived this cycle of shame and defeat for almost 50 years until the Lord set her free. And sometimes, guys, we don't want to talk about weight and food and dieting. And But listen, this is about making our lives matter. And our lives are not going to matter fully for the kingdom and the, and the extent and the abundance that God wants for us if we're living in body image and shame and defeat. So I wanted to bring Laura to us for so many different reasons. And she's written this resource, Still Becoming. It's a 31-day devotional journal that takes us on a sacred journey where we will discover freedom and healing and peace. And to, we will learn that they have nothing to do, listen, your freedom has nothing to do with the number on your scale. So Laura is a speaker. She's an author. She's a Bible teacher. She's a, a podcast host. She's a counselor. She's a co-founder of Sisters in Faith Ministry. So she gets it. She gets us. So I want you to welcome Laura. It is such an honor and a treat to have you here on the Make Life Matter podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yay, my last episode for this season. And it's <laughs> right before summer where we're all like, oh my goodness, I got to put on a bathing suit. I got to put on a Yep. Right? And our minds instantly go to the scale. They go to, to body image and our culture here in America. And people listen all over the world to the podcast. But right here in America, Laura, I'm sure you have found our culture is not kind when it comes to body image, especially as women. And I want to lean into some of these issues that we all wrestle with, but I would love for you to just share a bit of your own story because you had kind of a profound experience when you were young at 11 that started to shape this for you. So bring us into your story and then we're going to talk about some of these issues that so many of us wrestle with. Well, thank you. When I was 11 years old, I entered the seventh grade at five feet tall and 100 pounds, perfectly average size for a girl my age. 
And by the time I left the ninth grade, I weighed well over 200 pounds. So Mm. in the short span of a year and a half, I gained over 100 pounds. And from that day on, I described it as a bomb going off in my life and everything changed. Absolutely everything. Not just what I looked like, which was dramatic. People didn't even recognize me anymore. But I was academically a gifted student. I started failing. I almost didn't make it out of high school. Wow. And no one knew why. It was 1970, which is a really long time ago. It's the dark ages. We didn't understand eating disorders the way we do now. We didn't understand ADD in girls in particular, especially Mm. with no hyperactivity, which I did not have. Um, Depression. Disordered eating wasn't even a thing. And it, in fact, is the most common way women abuse food in our country. Wow. So little was known. And the only answer was take her to Weight Watchers. And that started the ball rolling. And it was 50 years of losing and gaining and losing and gaining. And then all of the, um, the, what do I, the, the things that it's like a snowball that starts rolling and picking up dirt and grass all the way down the hill and just gets yes. bigger and bigger and dirtier and dirtier. Well, that's kind of the same thing. It just picked up so many other things that impacted my life. Mm. I just have a question to walk us through that, that kind of season you reference. and thank you for bringing us in your story, Laura, when you gain that, kind of a significant amount of weight in a short amount of time at any age, but especially at such a crucial age as a girl or a guy, a young woman, young man, that those junior high, high school years, had anything happened that were you beginning to eat for comfort? Was there trauma? Because so many things, sometimes we have to point back to like, where did this start for me that I was maybe turning to food as, as comfort or rescue, or I would just love to know if there was a backstory at all there. Well, I didn't know the backstory. I really didn't. Um, For many, many years, I would just, I knew the Lord from a young age Mm. and he was my confidant and my best friend during these years. And I have journals, just journal after journal of those years, just begging him to tell me why, because I didn't understand. I had parents who loved each other, grandparents who loved each other. Nobody died. Nobody left. There was no abuse. Uh, So what happens when you are in a scenario like that, you just assume that it's you. It's completely you because everything else is okay. Mm. But it wasn't until the Lord began healing me and I received treatment for disordered eating, body image, grief, which precipitated a lot of this and trauma, capital T. I didn't understand what had gone wrong and there's so much to it. But in a nutshell, yes, I turned to food for comfort. Yes, I tried to hide myself away by gaining a lot of weight Mm. and there was a lot of pressure on me as a young girl because I was academically gifted, because I, you know, was the first daughter and first granddaughter, first grandchild, first everything. There was just a lot of pressure to perform. Hmm. And typically a girl who suffers with disordered eating or any eating disorder has a lot of expectations on her that she cannot live up to. I interpret it that my very well-meaning parents were trying to push me into a role and a, and a personality even that wasn't me. Hmm. And so I checked out. Wow. And I think so many people can relate to that. As you're talking, Boris, several things that you said resonate with me. I was the oldest of three. We were in a ministry homes. We were in a fishbowl. We were, you know, 
frilly dresses and bows on and, and stand and be the, the perfect children on the stage and platform and mind your P's and Q's. And all of a sudden you can relate performance and perfectionism and expectations to identity. And so that my parents did not mean for that to happen for me. And I'm not blaming right. them in any way, but it, but it wasn't, it was a fallout. It was a consequence of some of that uh, dynamic that I was raised in. And so uh, if I fast forward, let's say to high school years, I was heavier than I am now. Um, and I just used to call myself big boned. I remember saying, oh, I'm big boned. But when I was about a junior in college, well, even in high school, I did my first teen pageant. And then I became even more aware of everything you just said, body dysmorphia, anorexia, uh, disordered eating, you name it. And I saw it. And I still felt like I had a healthy self-esteem about my body. But then my junior year in high school or in college, I started getting involved in the Miss America program. And although I I have high praise for what it did in my life at the time, and I became um, much more avid about eating healthy and exercise, the darker side of that was I became very aware of my weight and my body. And I mean, it's no small thing to walk across a platform in a swimsuit. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, that does things good and bad to you. So um, I lost weight in that series of time and felt like I was healthy. But one of the struggles I've had, Laura, is in that experience, losing weight where you're at a very peak, you know, performance look, if I can say it that way, that's very difficult to maintain. That experience and then well into marriage, my seventh or eighth year into marriage, I became very ill with a rare disorder, um, nearly died from it and lost a significant amount of weight that was not I was not trying to do and uh, was very bone thin. And so you have now I've had two experiences where I became uh, thinner than what is a realistic weight for me to maintain. Let me just say it that way. Um And yet your body, your brain can trick yourself to look in the mirror. If I look at myself now and see that 1990 Miss America body to see a pre having two children, pre multiple surgeries body, and then see the body that I had when I was literally dying of illness. But I don't know what it is about our society or how we've been raised. Laura, I'd love for you to speak into this. That somehow we think skinnier, I think, I'm not going to say we, I started to think skinnier is better, skinnier is is healthier, skinnier is more accepted, skinnier is blank, fill in the blank, even above healthy to to be thin rather than to be healthy. So I would love for you to speak to that because I'm... I have lived in this space as well. I've never been really, really heavy. I've never had significant amounts of weight loss one way extreme or the other, but it has been a lifelong journey for me to love the body that I'm in and not always be, if I could just be 10 pounds lighter, if I could just, and and so I know it's, it's so many women's battle. It's so many women's struggle. I can point back to where I think it started in me. But regardless of where we think it may have started or shaped it, how can we begin to rethink, Laura, food, body image, dieting, 
and see it instead through the lens of God's grace? Oh boy. Well, first of all, it's more than just losing weight. It's also aging. Mm. It's all beauty. Yes. Because as you've just described, our bodies are always changing and God created them to change. Mm. He created them to change. And yet we fight every single change that comes our way. I was just on a recent podcast with um for intuitive eating and I mentioned that I put on weight during menopause and I did. It was completely out of my control. I hadn't changed what, how I was eating. I was walking right. all this 20 pounds just shows up on me and I was so angry at myself. And then the, the um, dietitian on the podcast said, do you know that that is protective, that your body has been designed to put on weight during menopause? It's protective. Mm. And I thought once again, God has built into our bodies things that naturally happen as part of his plan. And yet we, we fight them kicking and screaming. He knows what's best for us. We fight against our own body. Yeah. We fight against our own body. So we don't, that's, that's the first thing. The the second thing is that it is the culture. We're told what we look like. And so much of it is thinness. I mean, no kidding. I mean, a huge part of it is thinness, but even when you're thin, we're told that what we're worth is tied into what we look like. Yeah. And that is just not God. Mm. It's just not God. That is not true. That leaves whole groups of people out mm. of being worthy. Mm. People with disabilities, people who are born with different diseases or, th- you know, I mean, very few of us will ever fit into that mold, if ever. Mm. So that's a lie. And then with it comes all the shame. And the shame is what keeps us doing it because we think we're defective. Oh, that's so we, good. Mark. Our bodies become our sw- our sworn enemy. And I can tell you when I gained that weight, my body went from being the fun part of me that skipped and play- played and ran and twirled and danced to my sworn enemy. Mm-hmm. I hated it. And then you disconnect. Mm. You disconnect. And then you can't listen to what it's telling you. Mm. So all that gets messed up. Mm. And then we look at pictures like you just described. I was just looking at one of my wedding pictures. I thought mm. I was fat in my wedding picture. I was a size seven, nine. Mm. My waist was like that yeah, because I starved myself. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't fat, but I thought I was because it's, it's in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's in here. Well, and that's where we, we act. And even the scripture tells us that as you think, so you are. So when we begin, like you said, actually turning against our own body, which when you describe, you know, it's no different than, than saying, oh, I was born a a woman of color or I was born a different ethnicity. We pastor a diverse church and, and I love the beauty of the diversity that our church brings and, and represents. Never once would I think that anyone is any less because of being one particular color or ethnicity than another. But but we do put that when it comes to weight. I have done that to myself, to others. I, I think agree with you. It is so ingrained in our culture early on um, that it's not even just weight. It's everything you said. It's are you pretty enough? Are you this enough? Are you tall enough, short enough? You know, aging. I'm 54 now. Are we aging with grace? I forget who it was. Some celebrity came on TV the other day and my husband said, Oh my word. I don't, I just thought of who it was, but I don't want to name her. I don't want to be ugly, but like my husband was like, what is she doing to herself? Like, and I said out loud, can we not just age? Can we not just age gracefully? Like, 
women are literally mutilating their faces, Laura, to just try to look 20 years younger rather than embracing the healthiest version of yourself. We're not going to be able to be who God has called us to be if we're turning on ourselves. And as you said a minute ago, this is not God's heart. This is not a biblical worldview about our bodies and about not our at all. I just heard you. I was listening this afternoon uh, before we came on. I listened to your little clip of you preaching on the Samaritan woman. Mm. And you were talking about her coming into her purpose yes. and being who she was supposed to be. Mm. And I was amening the whole thing because this is such an effective tool that the enemy uses to keep us distracted. If my mind is thinking about food and what I'm going to wear and what I look like when I wear what, when I put those clothes on, who saw me the last time, you know, if I'm seeing someone I haven't mm. seen in a few years, what, what did I weigh the last time they mm. saw me? Are they oh. going to think I've gained weight? You know, all of this stuff just goes running, running, running. Is the food good? Is the food bad? Did I overeat yesterday? I'm going to be good tomorrow. All of this just keeps us nailed to the floor and keeps us from becoming our true selves. Mm, so and good. life is this long. It's this long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm here to say I'm 64. I'm 10 years older than you are. Oh. And I don't want to waste another minute. Yeah. I'm over it. Celebrate. And, and what we're saying is don't waste another minute thinking I'll be, I'll be enjoy. I'll love life when X, when blank exactly. happens, when there's a magic number on the scale. So you have a pretty surprising revelatory truth in this book. That's like kind of the premise is you can be free from food and body image issues before ever losing a pound. Because it's shocking. It's shocking. But what we're talking about is we attach worth, value, identity, even usability by God. Let's be honest, Laura, all the things that we attach to when I'm this weight, when I can fit in the skinny jeans that I wore in 19, whatever. (laughs) And the ship has sailed on that. I'm not saying we shouldn't be healthy and exercise and eat well. We're not, we're not saying that, but we're saying is how do we, Laura, be free from these issues before we ever lose a pound. That's what I think is so crucial to this conversation. Well, it was shocking to me. You know, I went for help. Finally, I had lots of therapy over the years for different issues in my life, all thinking Mm -hmm. that eventually they'd lead to me being skinny. (laughs) But I was healed for many things, many, many things, but not this. And so I had two major deaths in my family uh, eight years ago. My mother died suddenly. And then my best friend, who was like my sister, I have no sisters, and we'd known each other since we were babies. She died suddenly three months later. Mm. And I couldn't stuff it anymore. I'd been stuffing my emotions for so long. And it was too, too, too much for me. Mm. And the Lord said in my spirit, it is. It is too much for you. You need to give it to me. Give it to me. And so I went for help. And I looked for a a therapist that's specialized in women like me. And I found an amazing, amazing therapist. And so we never talked about getting skinny. Hmm. We talked about getting free. Yeah. And we worked on trauma. We worked on grief. We worked on uh, uncovering and digging up my past some more in relation to this, where we, un- we dug up a lot of what I've already shared with you. But one of the first things that we dealt with personally for me was shame Hmm. and my very harsh language toward myself and my harsh beliefs toward myself. And so we started replacing those lies with the truth from God's word period. Hmm. The end. I mean, we just, 
you know, this isn't shame is not from your God. This is a not not a biblical worldview, just like you said. And can you give yourself grace and understand that as an 11-year-old girl, you had little power and very few choices? Mm. And this was reasonable. And I said, absolutely not. I hate my body and I will not agree with that. (laughs) And it took a while. I mean, I've been doing this for 50 years. So it took a while. But eventually I agreed with that. I agreed. I was able to look back at the little girl and say, you know what? She did the best she knew how, but I'm a grown up now and I don't need those childhood coping mechanisms anymore. Mm. So I'm kind of rambling maybe a little bit, but I guess what I want to say is that the way you become free is to agree with God on what he says about you and then have the courage to walk in it and not let the culture tell you, you can't write a book about being free from, from eating disorders and still be overweight. You have to be able to just press on with what God is doing in your life. I worried very much that no one would take this book seriously Mm. because of me, Mm. but that has not been the case. Mm. Women want relief from this. Yeah. Yeah. What was surprising to me in the years of therapy that I had was that I suddenly found out I wasn't turning to food anymore. Mm. I suddenly realized that I was okay. I wasn't anxious. I could order off a menu. I wasn't plotting, planning, and scheming, and my brain was suddenly freed up to think about other things. Wow. And I thought, how can this be true? I'm still in the process of losing weight. And it became very clear to me, it has nothing to do with losing weight. I ran into the therapist's office the next week and went, it has nothing to do (laughs) with losing weight. And she cried because she'd been trying to get me there. And it's true. I went, I'll tell you this one quick story. I went to a... um, a retreat for women who suffer from this very thing. And it was at the very beginning of my healing journey. And there was a woman I encountered when I walked in the door who was extremely overweight. I mean, you know, breathtakingly overweight as far as I was concerned. And when I saw her, I immediately started judging her in my head. Now it was very compassionate judging, (laughs) but that's judging just the same. So in my head, I'm like this, oh, that poor soul. I'm so glad she's here. She needs to be here. She's mm. going to learn something because she's not free. Oh, my goodness. What the what bondage she must be in. Lord, please, please <laughs> save this woman. She's in such pain. Well, then I met her. And I found out that for two years, she'd already been on the healing path. She wasn't turning to food anymore. She was moving her body. Mm. She was not addicted to this anymore. She was free. Wow. And I was not I was not. And the Lord was like, you need to understand this. You cannot look at somebody and judge where they are on the healing path on anything. Mm. You don't know where they came from. Mm. You don't know where they started. And you don't know how much work she's put into this with me. So it's true. It's true. You can love your body. You can love your body because God created it. And it's miraculous and still want it, want to improve it. Yeah. But it's, it's not, not from a panicky place. Mm. You know, and it's, it's not, not from either. I have to measure up place. Right. And it's not an either or proposition. I either can love my body or when it's when it's a certain way. I, I just think what you said was so profound. You she was more free in that moment than you were still experiencing, which just goes to the heart of what the gospel is about. Jesus came to to set us free free from limiting beliefs, free from lies, 
free from all the things. Now, Laura has done the hard work. She just described to you years of, of therapy, digging in. We're not just saying, get off this call and say, go love yourself the way you are. And we want you to, to embrace God, the design for you. But Laura, you're saying like, do the hard work, do the things, do the hard things that, that, that God may give you the insight for, but you don't have to wait until you've arrived, quote unquote, whatever arrived is, for you to know that you are fully loved by God, fully accepted by God, and then to see yourself the way that he sees you and loves you. Would that be an accurate way of kind of phrasing yes. that, that form yes. of freedom? And it's not about the food. It's not about the body. It's really about your you quoted the proverb, be very careful what you think your thoughts run your life. Yeah. It's what you think about all these things. It's what you think about God. It, it, and so when you're healed, when you do the work of untangling how you think, all kinds of places in your life are going to get healed. It's not just That's the so food. True. Believe That's me, so it's, it's because it's a maturity thing. You will become more mature in Christ. And that's what we want. We want spiritually and emotionally mature women. We need we need us really badly right now. Yes, we do. And so there's tentacles that go out to to your marriage, to your relationships with your children, to the way you operate within your church, to all your relationships change Mm -hmm. because you're different. It's it's awesome what God does. And we need us to be healthy. We need us to be yes. healthy in all of those ways, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So we can't just say, well, I read my Bible six hours a day, but, but you may not be free. And, and if you're, if, if your mind will not receive the truth of God's word because lies or distorted lens, um, we had a counselor many years ago that we went to for our marriage early on in marriage. And we're big advocates of counseling as we, Laura and I've talked about here today. Um, and he said something, what you just said, Laura, what happens to you is not nearly as important as what you believe about what happened to you. Exactly. So it's untangling what lie may have found a root somewhere, whether it's abandonment, trauma, anything, uh, I'm not good enough performance. Some of the things we've touched on today, let God help you identify the lie. Then to replace those lies with the truth of his word. Uh, that's a process. Now God can instantaneously do anything he wants, but I have found Laura more often in 30 years of ministry. It's committing to a process of us doing what we can, surrendering ourselves to the Holy Spirit, letting him work in our lives and then letting the truth of God's word actually find root until it changes those messages, those, those ruts that our brain has ingrained uh, through culture, through experience, through nurture, through nature, all of these kind of things. So we're, we're advocating do the hard work, but be aware that we're all susceptible. I've been a pastor I'm in ministry and I'm still susceptible to letting shame and the cultural expectations of body image affect me more than what God says about me. And that is a very dangerous place to be. So I just wanted to speak from my own experience, Laura, that this is a message for everyone. I'm so, so glad that you wrote Still Becoming at this part of your journey because it's found such a voice in women. So tell us how people can get it, how they can connect with you, how they can get their own copy. Thank you. 
Um, you can find my books still be coming on Amazon or any online bookseller. It's also on my website, which is laura-acuna.com. And the podcast is found. So it's also called Still Becoming and it's found everywhere you listen to podcasts. Wonderful. My podcast buddy now is a new podcast, but it's wonderful. So Laura, I want to ask you to pray over us in just a moment. And, and whether you're a man or a woman listening, she's going to pray for freedom because really what the undercurrent of all of this is God wants us to be free, free from anything that's keeping us held back from being the full potential of who he designed us to be. Because these areas and these issues can keep us from from the full usability in the kingdom of God. And like you said, Laura, God needs all of us. He needs all of us on the line. So if you need to get out of the line for a second, get the healing that you need. But it's because we need you. We need your voice. We need your your presence in the body of Christ in, in a healthy capacity in every way. So Laura, we're going to ask you to pray in just a moment. But I always like to ask one last question. Other than Jesus... Who in the Bible has most inspired you to make life matter? Without question, the woman with the issue of blood. Mm. Because the scripture, first she's in three gospels. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Secondly, she had a condition and she went everywhere for cures. And the scriptures tell us that the doctors left her in worse shape than they found her. And that's exactly how I felt after all the years of dieting and body image and um, the money spent, the time spent trying to solve this problem the wrong way. Yeah. And so I identify identify with her in that way. And then also that she had the courage to come out just as she was without her full healing into a place she didn't belong or she didn't feel she belonged. And she took a big, bold step culturally and personally to reach out and touch him. Wow. And and he healed her on the spot. And she had all this shame covering her that people and culture put on her. And he called her daughter. Yes. In front of all those people. Mm. He put her back on her feet. He restored her dignity. And sent her on her way. Wow. She was fully healed. So, yes, that's mm. my girl. And what a beautiful picture of identity. That's really everything we've talked about is when, when we encounter Christ and he never reveals something to shame us. He always reveals it to free us. And so when he turned and said, who touched me? It wasn't so that he could make her ashamed in front of those people. It was that he wanted her to be free and everyone around to see, listen, she didn't make me unclean. I'm going to make a hole in this moment. And then he branded her publicly. She were, you know, I hate to use the word branded, but he, he re- defined her identity as daughter in that moment. And this is really identity we're talking about today in this last episode to know that God wants our identity to be fully grounded in who he is in the word and not in the narrative of the world. So Laura, thank you so much for your voice. And I want you to just pray for us guys, go get a copy of still becoming, take it with you on your summer vacation, uh, (laughs) gift it to a friend because we all need this message of freedom. This real, this, this message is beyond body image. It's beyond, uh, a number on a scale. It's about you being free to be all that God has designed you to be. So would you close us in prayer today, Laura? Thank you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I lift up every person, male or female, who's listening to this podcast today. Father, we want freedom. We want to be able to walk in the wide open spaces of your grace and glory, 
shouting our praise. And Father, we know that there's many snares here on earth that want to trap us and keep us from becoming our true selves. So I ask that each person listening today is inspired to find the help they need. Lord, we know that psychology reveals, but Jesus is the one who heals. And we don't have to fear it, that you created the brain and the brain will heal and our bodies will heal and our thinking will heal. So thank you, God, for this opportunity to share with this audience. And Lord, I ask for a blessing over each person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.